and welcome to the first sound of La Liga, the new season, brought to you by the World Football Index. The league is set to start in three weeks, and I, for one, personally cannot wait. There's going to be a lot happening regarding the pod this season, and I'll get into those details a little later. But first, let's introduce the lads. Jack, how are you doing, my man? Um, very well. Uh, can't wait for the for the new season to start. It's been a long wait without any any decent football on, so looking forward to, to getting back into it. Dan? It's good to be back, mate. It's good to be back. They get way too much time off over the summer, don't they? I can't complain. I can't complain. Part of those details will involve Dan here, so we'll get through to them later on. And we've been, the newest addition to the pod is Taj. Taj, mate, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's been so long without La Liga. Like 16, 17 was amazing. And hopefully 17, 18 is going to be much better. Natas is the newest addition, but he'll bring a wealth of knowledge to the pods as he's a bit of a geek for the financial end of how the leagues and the clubs operate. You know, the bar and stuff that myself and the other three can't be asked to own, but he'll be vital. But lads, I'm going to start. I'm going to ask a very important question. I'm going to stick with you, Taj. Taj, what team's jersey has been the most impressive for the seasons of coming up? Well, I'd say I really like the Villarreal jersey. I like the colour how it comes out. It looks really pretty, although it's like naturally yellow like and bland. But like this year, I think they tried to do something different. It works for them. Uh, for me, um, probably either... I quite like Salters uh, this year with the, the kind of red or kind of like burgundy accents on the uh, sky blue strip. I think that's quite smart. Um, and I'm quite a big fan of Espanol's kit, the fact that it hasn't got, got a sponsor across the front. And I quite like the, the kind of gradient effect as you travel down the shirt. So uh, those are my two picks. And Dan? I like the two, what the lads have said. I like Villarreal's. I like Celtics. I also like Malaga's. Not a big fan of blue and white stripes because of my local team's rivals, but I think it's a really nice kit. The the font on the uh, sponsor stands out. It looks a decent kit, yeah. I actually like Atleti's. I How? think those, oh, just those diagonals, that's the way to go, Jack. That's oh, the way no. to go. It, it, it looks like someone's got like a wolf or a dog or something and got their claws and just basically clawed like diagonal slashes through the kit. It's awful. Well, there isn't your own. I think your own is, is classic. There's no sponsor on it. I think it looks. Um, I think it looks very classy. Well, actually, speaking of Girona, the season sees the arrival of Girona for the first time in a long, long time. Along with Levante, who impressed an awful lot last season in the Segunda, and the team who everybody loves to hate, Hatafe, making up the tree. Jack, out of the three of them, who do you think will sustain themselves the most this season? I'm going to have to go with Hitafe. I think Hirona I'm a little bit worried for. Obviously, they've gone into to a kind of partnership with the City Football Group, which has seen them potentially getting a lot of City youngsters on loan to give them first-team football. I don't really think that's the wisest move to kind of effectively become an academy when you're in the position where they are you know, fighting to stay in the league. Because let's face it, that's realistically what they'll be doing. So I don't think giving minutes to 17-year-olds, 18, 19-year-olds who don't really have a connection to the club is what you what you want to be doing to, to try and keep yourself in the league. 
Um, the reason why I've gone for Hatafe is just because I think they've they've learned from their previous mistakes in failing to build a social base around the fans. Um, so the president Torres has really kind of not forced himself, but he's really made it clear that he kind of stands with the fans. Um, they've sold twelve thousand season tickets, which is you know incredible considering the average attendances in the season that they went down. So and you know on top of all that they've kind of they've signed quite well. Um, they've got Emiliano Velasquez on loan from Atleti again. Kind of hard to believe he's only twenty three. Um, and actually, if Hatafe do manage to stay up, they have a, an option to purchase him at the end of the loan. So I think they've signed well. They've managed to create somewhat of a of a social base with their fans. So I think they should survive relatively comfortably this year. And I'm now going to go and run and hide because I know that they'll just let me down. <laughs> Dan, come on. Just looking from an outside point of view from how all three teams did last season in the Segunda, I think Levante uh, are going to do well to say how, how quickly they were promoted in terms of back in the April, I think they were confirmed. So I, th- I think it's going to be a tough for all three, Gav. I think all three are going to find it tough just because the standard of the team is improving. And you look at the relegation battle last season where they weren't, it weren't a battle really, but we had three terrible teams and, and bless them, we all got relegated. And I just think that if that gap gets any bigger over the next couple of weeks in terms of transfers, I think all three are going to struggle. Love to see Girona do well. Just, I think it's a, a great story, but I can't see it as, uh, as Jack said. I've got to inc- uh, agree with Jack, sorry there. But I think if any of the three, I think Levante. What about you, Taj? Taj, I actually want Hirona to do well because some of the names that are being linked to them, one of them, Marlos Moreno, it's looking like he may be moving over. And I'm pretty sure Stuani and Espinosa. Yeah, Stuani just signed from Middlesbrough. That's true. This is Espanol Stuani from years back, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And he was such a good player before I left. I was so... Disappointed when he traded Espanol for the championship, and he obviously did well in the Premier League. He didn't get the goals, but like Middlesbrough, they played a big defensive game. I, I think he'll help Girona, but unfortunately for you, Gab, I'm gonna have to agree with Jack what, in what he said. I think Girona might struggle because they, oh. they have a feeling of Granada with them because they're doing what Granada did. They signed a lot of like they're they're gonna get a lot of young younger players to come into the squad. And I'm not sure how those players would gel into the league. And the league is, it's a very strong league, like we've seen from last season. And they need to be on points to get to get the points they need to stay in the league. And in terms of like the team that I think will do the best, at first I was going to say Levante because of how they did in the, in the Segunda. But like because they lost um, Roger, who was their main striker from the Segunda, I, I don't think they would do as well because I... I'm not sure how well they're going to place him. Oh yeah, and like because they've lost Roger, like I I don't think they're going to be able to replace him that's sufficiently, and that's why I feel Hetafe would do well and out of the three because obviously they brought in um, a coach who was very good in the second last season, got Alaves promoted, but unfortunately he got sacked, and he seems to be a very good coach. They replaced well, they reinforced well. So why not Hetafe? I know everyone hates them, but like maybe this season we will all fall in love with Hetafe. 
Yeah, and actually, just just talking about the coach, um, Bordelas, he he's really very eccentric as a manager, and the players that he likes, he's very very close with. And then if you you know if you kind of get on the wrong side of him, that's kind of it. He's he doesn't take any shit, and I think that's kind of what Hitafe need. They need someone who's gonna gonna stick to a core identity and not kind of differentiate from that. They need someone who's a little bit crazy, who will not necessarily frighten the players, but will scare them enough to to make them realise that it's not a luxury life, and to really make them work for for staying in the league. I'll tell you, sticking with you there, Jack. Which team in the league has done the best transfer business so far? I'm probably going to go with Betis. Not even just the the signings in terms of like players, but. The fact that they were able to, to sign Kike Setien, again, they've now got a manager who has a clear identity, a clear way of how he likes his teams to play, something that with Victor and Gospoje they didn't have. So I think that's kind of their biggest coup. And then obviously they've signed some really quality players, um, Camarasa, uh, Teo from Barcelona, Jordi Amat from, from Swansea as well. They've reinforced really well and then they've also sold and, well as well. Yeah, they also they also cooped Sergio Leon from Massa last season. Yeah, they did for, for less than, uh, well, it was kind of like a handful of euros really, wasn't it? It was probably the best value deal to, to have happened in Spain so far. In fact, could arguably be the best value deal to, to happen across Europe given how little money was involved. All looking rosy at, at Betis at the moment. They've just upgraded their stadium. It's now got a sixty thousand capacity. Sold over forty thousand season tickets. So I, I'd definitely say Betis have had the the best summer so far. Jack, would you be worried that they lost Sabayas? Like, for me personally, last season, like he's a lovely player, but he was incredibly inconsistent. Yeah, and I he think was. When um, you've seen him in the Euros. Yeah, and. Um, you know, particularly against Barcelona, there were times where he'd kind of run around like a headless chicken and just kind of try and try and take people out. And you could see that he wasn't really focused on the game or the, the task in hand. He was just kind of doing what he wanted to do. Which obviously when you're in a team kind of like Betis, where you're the big fish in the small pond, you can kind of get away with that. But if he's going to be do, doing that at Real Madrid, then he, he will be in serious trouble. I don't think they'll miss him too much. Because let's not forget, up until you know about halfway through the season, he wasn't even really getting regular minutes. It was only from from the halfway point on that he started to to lock down a place in the first team, and obviously then had an incredible European Under Twenty One Championships tournament with Spain. So I don't like. Obviously, he's going to be a huge miss, and I'm sure Setien and the um, Betis board would have preferred to have kept him. But I think that the money that they've got, they've spent wisely so far. And I think they'll continue to, to invest very well over the next few weeks of the transfer window. Yeah, I agree with you, Jack, regarding better stay for me have done the best transfer business so far. Dan, what about you? Well, I could echo what Jack's just said about Betis, because I agree that they've done the best. But I'm going to look at the champions and I'm look at Madrid. And I think keeping on with Danisa Bayos and signing of Teo Hernandez, sorry Jack, but I think they've signed two really good players who not only are going to add to the 
great squad what Madrid have got and provide great backup, they're going to push the players. I know Marcelo had an unbelievable season last season, but you know that Teo Nandes is going to be pushing him. And he's going to, when he's given his chance, when they've got Champions League midweek, and then it comes to the weekend and Teo Nandes will start, he's going to give it his all. He's one of those players who does. It gives, leaves everything on the pitch. And to sign two... 19, what, 19, 20-year-old, two players so young who potentially could be in the Madrid's team now for the next 10 to 12 seasons, his first team, is if they get to the standards which we, we, we may expect from them both. I just think that they're finally getting it right at Madrid. And I hate to see it because it's making the squad so much better. They're getting young players in. The lads will be coming back from loan. Llorente coming back from loan from... Alaves is going to go straight into the squad, no doubt. You've got Viejo, Centrafo. I'll be honest, I've not seen much of him, but from what I've heard, his time in Bundesliga were a success. Obviously, there's no Pepe now, so they've got a young player there who's, who's going to be chomping at the bit, not to use the cliches, but he's going to be wanting to impress Zidane. And the, the squad looks good. The squad looks really good again. And... That's what won in the league last season. That's what won in the Champions League. Having that squad depth and having players come in, want to impress, want to keep keep a shirt in the keep a starting eleven jersey. Sorry, wanting to gives it down problems. And I can see the same again with with the squad they've got. Despite losing Morata, despite losing Pepe, Danilo, that's by the by of that. But despite losing some of these big players, they've still got plenty of options and. Options which are quality, not just there for the sake of it. Yeah, absolutely. And Ty, what about you? Well, I feel Jack and Dan just kind of stolen two of the answers I had. But I'll go with the third one. I'll say Villarreal. I think they've recruited very well. Like, although they lost Masakio, they replaced him very well with Semedo. I think NSU now is going to give them additional firepower, which I feel they kind of lacked last season, especially after Pato went to China. And I'll say the best of the bunch is Pablo Fornells, who is, mm-hmm. was an absolute class midfielder at Malaga. He can play in so many roles in the center of midfield. I read somewhere that uh, Escobar sees him as an attacking midfielder in a 4-2-3-1. And I think that works well for them. And that's why I feel they've done really well in the summer transfer window. And maybe they can push on for fourth this year. Well, last season, before the start of last season, there were certain teams like Neoyon, which I expected to make an impact in the league. Betis was one of them, but they were absolutely abysmal. And Deportivo were another, but man, they were absolutely abysmal at some 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 stages. Who who do you think who are you looking forward to seeing this season? I'll throw it out there. I'm gonna start with you, Taj. For me it's better. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Betis under Seti and the likes of Teo. I mean, that is just attack, 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 attack. And having that new stadium, those lunatic fans behind them, they should really, really be pushing to get in Europe this season, in my opinion. Yeah, and I agree with that. It's going to be, I can't wait for the Seville Derby this season because, like, on one hand, you have Betis and Kike Setien, who loves to play pre-play football. And the team I'm most looking forward to see, Sevilla, on the other hand, with Eduardo Berito, like, I want to see what he does coming all the way from Celta to Sevilla. Like, can he build on what Sampali did last season? Can they stay the course towards like maybe third or qualify, get to the 
latter stages of the Champions League. And I'm looking to see some really exciting football and hopefully can replicate what he did at Celta. Is Depor getting Lucas back? According to British press, most likely. And uh, I think Deportivo, like, recently they've had a financial miracle because they've had to deal with the banks and now they have money to spend in the transfer window. And so that's why you can see Deportivo bidding 9 million or 10 million for Lucas Perez and Arsenal are studying the offer, according to British press. So we'll have the new McCoy and Tristan with Andone <laughs> and Lucas. I think if you have two players like that in that depot, so it's, 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 it's a completely different animal altogether. Oh, it is. I'm, I'm licking my lips for when they play Real Madrid on the first day of the season. <laughs> and Lucas and Perez, like, just like two fast, two clinical attackers, like what they can do to defenses in La Liga, it's going to be fun to watch, to be honest. And Deportivo, like we all know their history and to get a team that to, to get the fans excited and not just like fight for like permanence in La Liga, like it's going to be good for them as well. What about you, Jack? Uh, I'm I'm actually quite looking forward to, to seeing Real Sociedad this year. Uh, I was going to say Sevilla, but Taj kind of stole that one from me. Um, but I think Real Sociedad, Eusebio, the work he did there kind of went under the radar a lot last year. Um, not even just in Spain, but in Europe on the whole. Not a lot of people really picked up on just how good he got La Real playing again. You know, he got... Carlos Vea to actually like playing football again, which not a lot of managers can say they've they've been able to achieve. Iyar Mendy, Inigo Martinez, Zuratuza all had really quite excellent seasons. The one kind of issue I have is obviously the departure of uh, Yuri, and they've brought back uh, Delabea from from on loan. I don't think Delabea is anywhere a good a replacement. As, as Yuri is so I think that that's probably where they'll be lacking and there's a lot of talk of Inigo going to going over to Italy with Inter Milan supposedly being in talks um, so obviously they'll got, get a lot of money um, for Inigo Martinez whether they, they can then reinvest that into the squad remains to be seen obviously they signed Yanazai from Manchester United earlier on in the summer but I feel like that's not really going to be enough to to kind of sustain what they were playing like last year. So I'm quite interested to see just how much longer Eusebio can keep this up and if he can push them just that little bit further. Dan? Well, I'm looking forward to the new managers. I know there's a couple who have moved from La Liga club to La Liga club, but we've had about eight, seven or eight uh, new managers taking taking new roles this summer so I'm going to be looking forward to see what, what they're going to do with the new clubs some of the guys who have our old man's up I've never heard of and I don't know what to expect so I can't necessarily pick out one team obviously from the Barcelona point of view I'm looking forward to seeing how how they do but I'm just looking forward to, to see different styles from teams different like, like Betis for example I, I, I really didn't like Betis. Simple as that last season. They bored me. The five at back a lot of times lack creativity. I know you mentioned it earlier, no identity. This season I can see that's going to be different. So the, the shake-up with the managerial 
changes. I think that's going to be a, a thing what's going to stick out for me more than a certain team, so to speak. But yeah, I go for Betis as me as the as the one, but mainly just to see how new how teams do with a new manager. And looking at the other scale, excuse me, the other end of the scale, for me, a team that would worry me if I was a fan is Malaga. Taj, what's Altani doing? <laughs> I have no idea what's going through his mind. It's like at first he's at first in the first round of sales when he sold all the big players like Katsola and everything, he said that he was gonna focus on young players. And I was these young players that gone through the system, they're beginning to develop and blossom. And like you look at the bio clauses on them and you're just like, this is like their cheap for even for La Liga club, this is their cheap. And to lose four analysts for twelve million, Camacho for fifteen, Sandra for six, like not too much money has come into the club that you expect. And in terms of replacement, they brought in Cecchini from uh, Argentina and Bora Baston, but like you still question whether they've lost something there. And that's like that's why I feel as a Malaga fan, I'll be so like disappointed with the summer. It's especially when you ended the season so well and the fans couldn't stop singing. They wanted the seasons go on and on and on. But now it's like a nightmare. And we'll see what happens, whether they can bring in Javi Garcia from Russia to replace Camacho. We'll see. And Jack, let's look at Valencia. I mean, look, looking at the transfers between Valencia and, we say, Levante. Levante seem to be doing better business than Valencia are. Is Varo has gone. Oh, I don't know. Jack, would you be worried? See, the thing is with Valencia, and I know um, when we've had Paco on the show, he's gone into this as well. The whole business like business model from them is qualifying for the Champions League. The, the minute they, they fail to do that, it all falls apart because of that lack of revenue. So that's resulted in them... Um, selling players for ridiculously cheap prices like Diego Alves Perez. going to yeah well Diego Alves going back to Brazil for for less than 300k Perez going back to Argentina for four and a half million uh, obviously Matty Ryan coming to to the Premier League for about five million that's not a lot of money at all and okay you know Perez and Diego Alves Marcelino wanted those bad characters out of the dressing room but as a result, they failed to, to really recoup a lot of money that they'd spent on those players, particularly Perez. And then the money that they have spent, you know, 13.5 million on Zaza, which quite a lot of money considering the, the state that Valencia are in. I don't really think that's the smartest bit of business for them. I don't know. I would be worried, and especially considering it looks like there's going to be even more outgoings and more departures. So. Abdenor is being linked to the Premier League. Um, obviously, Negredo, who was on loan last season, he's being linked to, to a move with Wolves, um, you know, joining Ruben Neves and Diego Jota out there. So it could be a really difficult season for them, but it depends what kind of an impact Marcelino has. Because if Marcelino can tap into the Cantera, bring through players like Soler, give them even more minutes, and you know, like Tony Latto, then I think they could finish in a relatively healthy position. So it's too early to tell, but yeah, I, I would be quite worried. Well, Jack, are you worried about Atleti? 
Um, the the one issue I have at the moment is the the left back spot. So obviously, Felipe Luis had a, a fantastic season last year, but where he's one year older now, and he was quite fortunate last year to to have avoided injuries. Whereas that's obviously not always guaranteed. The fact that there isn't really a a ready made backup for him. You know, Lucas can slot in there, but Diego Simeone has made it quite clear that he prefers Lucas to to partner Godin in in the centre of defence. So that's kind of the main area of concern right there, the left-back spot. Um, We've had uh, Sergi, um, who's a Cantorano. He's been on the pre-season squad. He he actually made his first appearance a few nights ago. He played quite well, um, played the second 45 minutes, so... I think he could potentially end up being called up into the first team and just given a few minutes to, to allow Felipe Luis to, to rest. Obviously, we've got Augusto back from injury after he did his knee back in September last year. He made his first first start and actually looked quite quite lively and surprisingly in a lack of discomfort after 10 months out. Um, so obviously, having him back in will kind of enable Koke and Saul to play more advanced roles and obviously rotate more often with Gabby. So I'm not too worried that the main issue, like I said, is a left back and also getting a getting another striker over the over the line. Um, the Costa deal kind of seems to be falling apart day by day, so we'll see. But you got your wish, you got Fatolo. Yeah, yeah, I'm very happy with that. First time I came on the pod back in October, that was the the player I wished for, and here he is. He's signed now. Um, it was a bit of an ordeal getting him through, but it, I think it's key that he's he's actually going to be playing for six months as opposed to to just training because he needs to keep his kind of match sharpness. Um, and I'm really looking forward to to seeing him arrive in January. Yeah, you've made some interesting uh, Oliver Torres. It's an interesting one. He's a nice player, lovely player actually. Yeah, yeah, he he was out at Porto last year. Um, he doesn't really fit um, Diego Simeone's system, really. So he's kind of an an expendable player, which is a shame because, like you said, he's a lovely player. He's very tidy on the ball, but unfortunately, he just doesn't really fit the system. And when do we get to see Wanda? Uh, so uh, the first three away, the first three matches of the of the calendar will be away. Um, so. It looks like the first game at the at the Wonder will be against Malaga, um, unless, of course, when the Champions League group stages are drawn, um, Atleti are given a, a home game for for match day one. But at the moment, it's Malaga making their first trip to to the Wonder. The Wonder, <laughs> what a name! Dan, let's let's talk Barca for a minute. Okay, mate. We've had. Nelson's Mado come in. He happens. He, he's a nice player. He's a lovely footballer. We're after getting Delafeo back. I don't know why, but we got him back. Are you concerned that we haven't brought anyone else in? Not at the minute, mate. Because you look at how many players came in over recent seasons, and it's not. It's not always been the answer. And there's there's been a few errors, a judgment with some players. I just think it, it looks a bit more stable now. There doesn't seem to be any panic buying. I know you just said that about De La Feo. Personally, I, I can see why in terms of having back cover on the right wing. 
I can remember watching Delafeo as a as a youngster, and I had so much hopes for him. And I don't think he's going to get to that level. I thought he would now uh, at this age, and after an unsuccessful time in Everton. I, I, well, he had a successful loan spell, not very successful time when they signed him. But they need that cover on right wing, and yeah, he's, he's probably not going to feature when you play Atletico, when you play Real, when you play Sevilla, Villarreal, but. To rotate, to give Messi a chance to come inside, I think it makes sense for that. Around 10, 11 million, is it? I'm, I'm not happy, but I, I can see why they've done it. I'd like another central midfielder, mate. Iniesta, bless him, is, is not getting any younger. and It's the area which we struggled with last season in terms of teams coming, coming through the middle of Barcelona, just coming straight through the middle. And... Teams have seen it last season. I just think they're going to do it again. I think teams will do it again if there's. I know Sergio Roberto will have a chance to go play more in midfield now, but I just think that there's a variety shaped hole in that midfield at the minute. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. When we take into consideration that we now have Valverde, who is who is a tactician, not the slimmer to say Pep's methods but obviously not he's not Pep but I'm trying to say is instead when you looked at Lucho Lucho is fairly direct in his approach Faverdi who done wonders with Athletic anyone who maintains the position he did with that club you know it's to be heralded and he comes to Barcelona watching the last couple of um, friendies you've seen the likes of uh, Elena Samper getting a, an opportunity do you not feel that he will instill a solidness back into that centre, as opposed to the way Lucho did. Lucho was almost bypassing at a stage. I really hope so. And it's right what you say, mate, that it was from defence to attack. It didn't go defence to midfield to attack at majority of the time with Lucho. And when you've got players like Busquets and Iniesta, two absolute magicians on the ball, you can't miss them out. You can't bypass it as you said and you look at Elena he, he looks a talent he looks a talent I hope he gets given a chance I hope Sampa finally gets given his chance and not sent out on loan I just think he's missing something there I think if if he had Rakitic of two seasons ago I think I'd be a lot more confident in the midfield but Rakitic seems to be on a on a slow downhill slope and at the age of Iniesta's in can 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 he do enough? Can he, Iniesta and Busquets do enough in these big games, in your tough games where you're going to come up against Sevilla, where you're going to come up against Real Madrid? Yeah, look, I can't hold on to anymore. Let's let's talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> what Are we mentioning him? Going on? What? <laughs> what? I'm I'm fed up. I am absolutely fed up of going on Twitter, seeing more comments about it, saying. PSG are doing this, Barcelona have said that, his agent said this, his dad's already trying to drop money out at bank. It's just, it's it's a soap opera. And it's not healthy, mate. It's not healthy at all. I know PK put the picture on Twitter. He's now getting questioned about it in press conferences. It's all the focus. It's a good thing that he's taking focus off any, any negatives with the club if people are saying oh you're not signing anybody all the focus on that but it's 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 boring and the fact that he's not coming out and saying anything it, that's pissing me off a bit well if you want to go go if you want to stay stay but say it don't just 
I don't know, post pictures on Instagram where you've got a thinking caption and all this shite, yeah. you know? He's well, a fantastic he, player, but if he's not one of the video, get rid. It, simple as that. What do you reckon, Taj? Do you reckon... Do you reckon... Look, okay, look, we, we're talking about Neymar, but the reason we're talking about Neymar is it's arguably it could potentially become the biggest transfer in football in history. So I think we should give it a few, a few moments and... I'm going to let you speak. I'm not going to speak for obvious reasons, but I'll let you speak. Do you think, Taj, that, as Dan, as Dan said, do you think Neymar has earned the right to be taking the piss out of Barcelona Football Club the way he's doing it? No, no, not at all. Like, when Neymar first came in, he had a very poor season in his first season. Like, he didn't do so well, scored only eight goals. And the fans stuck with him. The players stuck with him. We gave him the perfect platform to be the best player in, in the world. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's Messi there. So, like, but like, aside Messi, even Mourinho came out with comments that Ronaldo, Neymar, and Messi are the special players in world football right now. And, like, no one else is at that level. And to get that kind of respect from Barcelona, I don't see why he needs to go to Paris Saint-Germain. I don't see why he's taking the piss at the fans. And it's like, you have to be respectful to us. Like, if you want to leave, tell us the reasons why. And we accept that, like players come, players go, and just do your business quickly and go so we can find other targets. And I don't like the reasons I've heard. It's like, oh, he wants more Brazilians on the team, and like, who the hell do you think you are? Like, Messi's on that team is the being the best player in the world. Like, the only Argentine guy he's had is Mascherano, and Messi's mm-hmm. the greatest players ever. And so, who's Neymar to say, I want Paulinho, I want Lucas Lima, you should go for Coutinho? Like, no. Like, you're not that important to our team. Like, obviously, he's a, he's a very important player, but like, compared to Messi, like, Messi's gold standard. And I don't see why we should be directed about by Neymar. And if he wants to leave, there's, and if PSG does pay the cost, 220 million euros, I think Barca should listen if he's going to keep an acting like this. Jack, let's just say, for argument's sake, Sell <laughs> was being headhunted from PSG for crazy money. Do you think. Look at you, you know, I'm probably using a silly comparison there. Put, try and put yourself in myself, Dan, and Taj's position, Jack. Mm-hmm. How, how, how are you seeing this particular transfer? Like, are, are, you, are you interested? Is it bothering you? Um, how, is it, how, how are you perceiving it? To be honest, I'm just kind of, I'm not really trying to focus on it too much. Every summer, there's always Neymar to PSG rumours. It seems to just follow him everywhere. Obviously, this summer, it kind of seems to be more intense than normal. But I I still can't really get my head around why he would want to leave the club. Because inevitably, down the line, when Messi does retire, Neymar is kind of being primed to to then take over as being the, the main man of the team and being the, the one who calls the shots instead of Messi. So to, to get kind of fed up at, at the age of 25 of being being in Messi's shadow is, is quite ridiculous, really. You know, yeah, he can go to, to PSG and be the, the main man there, but realistically, is he going to win the Champions League with, with PSG? I, personally, I think yeah. he's, he, he'd have more, more opportunity of winning the Champions League at Barcelona. Than, than at PSG but then if he does go and let's say they do win the Champions League and it's down to him then obviously 
it's kind of seen as then justifying the move for him because as we've seen recently Champions League victory tends to result in Ballon d'Or winner and that is what seems to be the holy grail for, for Neymar not winning league titles or winning Champions Leagues or anything like that but but winning that individual award is what seems to, to be the thing that's driving him all the time so yes I'm fed up of it and yes I wish that he'd just come out and say whether he was staying or going but then at the same time I think a lot of it is down to, down to PSG as well because if if there was genuine interest and they were genuinely going to sign him just pay the buyout clause just give give Barcelona the money and then there's nothing they can do Neymar's yours done deal but the fact that they're just kind of umming and ahhing over paying the the release clause or not is really just frustrating because for for a player like Neymar you you don't fuss and you know for for a fee of 220 odd million you don't kind of try and haggle and negotiate your way out of paying an extra 2 million euro or not so i think if psg really did want them they'd just pay the buyout clause so i i personally think he'll end up staying but if he doesn't come out and doesn't re- get resolved soon, he does run the risk of, of the fans turning on him, on him kind of indefinitely. And then he'd be kind of just stuck. Starting here. Starting with this one. I don't want him. I want him gone. Gone. 222 million. Turning that down. For somebody's petulant does that. It's madness. Absolutely madness. But what bothers me is we get 222 million. We couldn't even afford to buy souls by our class. Yeah, <laughs> and, and to add on to Jack's point about the Ballon d'Or, I feel if Neymar plays the way he's been playing in preseason for Barcelona, and we do win the Champions League, and don't forget it's a World Cup year, if he wins the World Cup with Brazil, he's going to win the Ballon d'Or, no doubt about it. So like that's why I don't get it. Like there are other tournaments where you're not on the same team as Messi, where you can prove yourself, but it's annoying. It's it's actually very it's actually really 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 annoying. But as I said, D- Dan, did you notice they didn't even swear in that? <laughs> He's coming around there. <laughs> You've done well there, man. I, I did. I did. Biting the tongue, biting the tongue. It's just it's 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 incredibly frustrating the the whole scenario. And it's it's I'm not trying to show bias on the pause towards Barcelona as it is. It's 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 a massive massive. Deal. It's a massive milestone in football and history if it does go through. So I just thought we'd give it a bit of bit of minutes. But lads, I'm gonna give out a bit. Of, I'm gonna give a shout out to the fact that we we setting up a fancy football league. Well, one of yours will, because I do enough. And <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping a lot of the listeners who listen to the pod will will come on board so we can pit ourselves against each other week in, week out. And, you know, whoever finished second to me in the league standards each week, we'll, we'll give a shout out. But Dan, you're going to look after that, aren't you? I am, mate, yeah. I'm just in the process now of uh, having a look at what's what's on the market. Uh, I found one big name one, uh, which I've had a little play around with this afternoon, and it looks good. Uh, different from the traditional fancy football where you have an X amount of money and you get your players. This is more a bidding where you bid with other people for certain players. So I'm going to have a little look and hopefully it's something that we can 
we can feature each each week on the pod as you mentioned. Whoever's second to you, Gav, gets a little second. shout out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. That's going to be good. But what's even bigger? What's even bigger news is that myself and Jack put our minds together, and we actually convinced Dan to quit his teaching job for the year. It was tough. <laughs> He's actually going to go to Spain for the next season and he's going to try and get to at least one game a week, it'd be fair to say. Yeah, uh, maybe Segunda thrown in, mm-hmm. depending on obviously where I am in the country. But the idea is that I want to visit all 20 stadiums in La Liga. I want to watch a match in all 20 stadiums. There's no doubt I'll get a couple more in some. I'll, I'll, I'll watch more Barcelona games when I'm in Barcelona, for example. But I want to immerse myself in Spanish football. I want to wake up on the morning and watch Spanish TV, see what we're talking about, read the newspapers, the little bits I can read of Spanish and and just be there, you know, talk to fans of different clubs, go to, we're talking about with Real Betis's new, uh, well, not the new stadium, sorry, the same stadium, what's been upgraded, going to watch the Seville Derby there and fly over to Las Palmas and see what it's like after two hours travelling from mainland Spain and see... You know, just, just to see Spanish football. I've, I've been to watch Barcelona a couple of times, but that's where it stops. And now, from September, when I when I fly over, I'm, I'm going to be there and I'm, I'm going to be living it. I'm going to be breathing it. It's just going to be surrounded by it. Hashtag sound of the league at the games. <laughs> I'll make sure I get that used, mate. Don't worry about that. You're also going to be throwing yourself into the fan downs to interview the ultras like Ross Kemp's Extreme World or Dan, Danny Dyer's Dangerous Men and taking Stip so we can hear us on the podcast. <laughs> That's it. If you, <laughs> That's just, <brilliant. laughs> if you don't hear from me though, mate, just try and get someone to, to get in touch with me because seeing what some of, looking at the Seville derby last season when... Uh, some of the scenes what got posted on Twitter. I don't know if I'd come out in one piece. To be fair, nah, looks absolutely mental. <laughs> but I'd say, look, it's got that's that's an extraordinary experience you're gonna go through, and we we're actually glad to be part of it. So it'd be nice to hear you every Monday or Tuesday, giving us an update as to where you were, who you're seeing, where you've been locked up or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look. Thanks for that, lads. It's it's we get this part out of the way. We'll we'll come back more ferociously next week and the coming weeks before the season starts. But we're definitely gonna get that fantasy league sorted out. So anyone who's listening, send either myself, Dan, or actually do you know what? Just send the at sound of La Liga Twitter account a direct mail and we'll put your name in for it. It'll be a bit of a bit of fun. Um I have to give a shout out to Raj. He does he does message me daily moaning about the pod not being up. So look, Raj, it's up now. So there you go. Well, look, Dan, thanks for coming on. Thank you once again, mate. Jack, baby. It's a pleasure as always. Good to be back. And Taj, thanks for joining us. And you're, you're going to be an appreciative part of the, the team now. Oh, thank you so much. This is such a big deal for me. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm like a teenage girl going to a first date. Now, how, Jack, Dan, how come you can't be like that? Man, I'm going to Spain for you now. I'm looking at it. <laughs> is, that, is that enough for your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, 
we'll talk to you next se- next week <laughs> next season next week um, but make sure you check out everything WFI have done check out the website check out articles pods and we'll see you again next week <laughs>